So what Jesus is offering us, all of us, is the opportunity to see differently, to see with new eyes. How do you do that? Simply, you invite God's perspective into decision-making. Relational, it's, it's circumstantial, it's career, it's do I move here, do I go there? He can let you know things that you would not have normally thought of. He can bring thoughts to you because he's enlightening the heart. Far too many Christians are living with a distorted view. Far too many of us have gotten so used to earth that we've lost the picture of heaven. Our focus has been dimmed because we've gotten so used to not seeing clearly that we've accepted distortion as normal. And so Earth's views go unchallenged because that's what everybody else is seeing too. I'm trying to help me and us learn to see through God's eyes and interpret the physical world through his spiritual lens. But if you don't put on those glasses, if you don't put on your kingdom lenses, then all you see is what you see. And if all you see is what you see, you do not see all there is to be seen. Because we are looking with a distorted view. Today I want to help all of us to look a little clearer, to be able to be more precise in our perspective, to put on the set of glasses that will help us to see with new eyes. That's why I'm calling this. I want you to see, me to see, and collectively us to see with new eyes. So I want to change your prescription on your spiritual glasses so that you, we, us, see more clearly in our day-to-day -day lives. Paul says in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 18, I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened. You see that? He says, I pray that you'll start seeing that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened. So he's not talking about your physical eyes. He's talking about the eyes of your heart. So he's still talking about sight because he's talking about your eyes. So he's suggesting that your heart has lenses. I pray that you will see with your heart and that you will be enlightened. Things will get more in focus. Things will become clearer. And I'm praying this. As the psalmist says in Psalm 119, verse 18, he says, Lord, open my eyes that I might see. Now, Paul is writing to Christians. He's not writing to non-Christians. He says, I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened 
So therefore, it is possible to be a Christian and be spiritually blind and not see clearly because the lenses we are using are secular lenses, secular bifocals and cultural contacts. He says, I'm going to pray to this end. And one of the things that you do with prayer is ask God to help you see what's really going on. Because all of us have been in circumstances where what we thought was happening really wasn't happening the way we thought it was happening when we looked at it. The beautiful thing about spiritual eyeglasses is that you can see deeper because you're seeing the heart of the matter. Open my eyes that we might see every time you are confronted with something, you whisper a prayer to God, help me to see the reality, not just what I'm looking at. Open up my heart so that I can grasp it. What my eyes are seeing, give me, give me the backstory, give me the real deal about what I'm looking at so that I can apprehend it, grab it, grasp it. He says, I want you to see in verse 18, what is the hope of his calling, the riches of the glory of his inheritance of the saints. He says, I want you to see what you already possess as part of the family of God. There are certain rights and privileges, if you are a Christian, that God has provided for you as part of his family. He calls it the hope of his calling. He calls it the riches, in verse 18, of his inheritance. You have, I have, we have inherited some benefits that accrue to us that you may not automatically know about or be utilizing. Did you know some of the things you're looking for, you already have, you just may not know it. Paul says, I pray that you will apprehend God's purposes and God's wealth. Talk about that in a moment. That he has provided, that he has bequeathed to every believer because it belongs to the saints. If you are a believer in Christ, God wants you and me to see our purpose. He wants us to see his direction. He wants us to understand what he's doing as he unveils it. See, a lot of folk follow Jesus for the perks. They want the big stuff, but they may miss out on many of the key things that are life-altering things. It may not look like much now. I pray that your eyes might be enlightened, that you might understand all that God has provided as part of your relationship, your inheritance, your salvation. I love the word he uses here because he uses the word in verse 18, the riches. This word riches is used over and over again. Let me show you what I mean. In chapter 1, verse 7, 
In him we have redemption through the blood, the forgiveness of trespasses according to the riches of his grace. So first of all, you are rich in grace. You know what grace does? Grace does for you what you can't do for yourself. And guess what he says? You got some riches in grace. Notice what he says in verse 8, which he lavished on us. The word lavish is the same concept of riches. In other words, he got so much grace you can't get to it. In chapter 2, verse 7, let me show you how much grace you've got. So that in the ages to come, he might show the surpassing riches of his grace and kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. Let me tell you how much grace is there. It'll take eternity to run out of it. Let me put it this way. You ain't seen nothing yet. But you don't have to wait till eternity because he says it's bequeathed now. He says in chapter 3, verse 8, to me, the very least of the saints, this grace was given to preach to the Gentiles the unfathomable riches of Christ. He says again in verse 16 of chapter 3, that he would grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with power through his spirit in the inner man. So he goes deeper with this concept of new eyes. He wants us to look at things differently and more deeply. Verse 19 says, and what is the surpassing greatness of his power? Toward us who believe, these are in accordance with the working of the strength of his might, which he brought about in Christ when he raised him from the dead, and seated him at the right hand in heavenly places. Far above all rule, authority, power, and dominion, every name that is named, not only in this age, but in the one to come. He wants to now tell you about what these new bifocals, glasses, spiritual perspectives, do. They are power lenses. He says these lenses, if you will put them on, a divine, God-centered perspective that you pray down, because he says, I pray for them. He says that God will grant you power. How do you know that you're looking through God's glasses? Because you're seeing his work, his power his activity, his energy, his engagement, his involvement. You are seeing uh, things trump earth. If all you wear are earth glasses, you'll only see earth results. What kingdom glasses do is it gives you the ability to see God at work at another level in your circumstances. Chapter 1, verse 10, with a view to an administration suitable to the fullness of times, that is the summing up of all things in Christ, things in the heavens 
and things on the earth, it's all in him. To an administration, okay? God says he has an administration and the administration, stay with me here, is to be summed up in Jesus Christ. God's administration is summed up in Jesus Christ. I need to say that again. God administers what he's going to do through Jesus Christ. Now, why do you need to know that? Because it is your relationship with Christ that will determine how much power you experience. Not merely your belief in God. Now, we've said that many times, but I don't want you to miss this. Sure, you must believe in God, but when it comes to history, all authority has been given to Jesus Christ, and he administers. That's why we end our prayer in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. That is, I want this prayer answered by virtue of his administrative responsibility. So you will not see what he's up to you will not understand, see, understand, perceive what he's doing if you skip him in the process. And that's why he says, I pray that you will recognize him. Let's go a little deeper. He says, which he brought about, verse 20 in Christ, when he raised him from the dead and seated him at the right hand in the heavenly places, far above all rule and authority. This is so rich. When he raised him from the dead, now, 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 how could such a thing happen? There's only one way that can happen, and that is the natural order of things were overridden. In other words, if somebody rises from the dead who's died, that means the natural order has been skipped over. It's been trumped by resurrection. Here's why you need to have spiritual eyes so you're not limited to earth's conclusion. See, when a person dies, that's earth's conclusion. That's the conclusion of the physical life. So you're limited to earth's conclusion. But he says, if you get new eyes, then you can see beyond what earth has concluded. And that's why there's nothing like a testimony when a person said, this is what everybody else said, but let me tell you what God did. He trumped earth. I don't know how many people have ever seen God trump a boss, God trump a situation, trump a sickness, trump a scenario. The reason you want spiritual glasses is so that you can trump the natural order, the natural processes when it's God's will. But if you don't know that's what he wants to do, then you'll just react to the earthly situations that you find yourself in. He says, according to the power of his might, when he raised him from the dead and he set him at the right hand. Right now, Jesus Christ is seated at the right hand of the Father. This chair is on the right-hand side of the Father. The right-hand side of the Father is his power location. 
Hebrews chapter one puts it this way, verse two. In these last days has spoken to us in his son, whom he appointed heir of all things, through whom also he made the world. He made the world through his administrator, Jesus Christ. So God made the world, but he did it through his administrator, Jesus Christ. That's because Jesus Christ, of course, is God. And he is the radiance of his glory. Jesus is the radiance of the Father's glory and the exact representation of his nature. All that makes God, God makes Jesus, Jesus. And upholds all things by the word of his power. God upholds all things through the word of Jesus' power. When he had purification for sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high. Notice what he says in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 20, far above all rule, authority, and power, and dominion in every name that is named. Let me explain something. Jesus has veto power. He can overrule. Why? Because he sits on the right-hand side of the Father, and I love this, far above all rule and authority. Okay? Let me tell you how much rule and authority. Hebrews chapter 2, verse 14. Here's what it says. Therefore, since the children share in flesh and blood, he himself likewise also partook of the same. Jesus became a man. And through death, he might render powerless him who has the power of death, that is, the devil. Jesus is in veto power over everything human and over everything spiritual, including the devil. You're going to see what that means next week. But including the devil. So even hell does not have the last word over your situation because he's far above even the devil. He's not even close, he's far above. That means if you have eyes to see, you have connection with somebody who can say, I overrule you, chapter two, verse four. But God being rich in mercy, because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our transgressions, made us alive together with Christ, by grace you have been saved and raised us up with him and seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. So let me define heavenly places. Heavenly places means the spiritual realm, different from the physical world. Right now we are seated in earthly places. We're seated in the physical realm, earth. But once you come to Christ, you go through a relocation process. Okay. Every Christian should be functioning in two places at one time. God doesn't expect you to be so heavenly minded, you're no earthly good. He doesn't expect you to be so earthly minded, you're no heavenly good. He expects you to be heavenly minded for earthly help. So while you are seated on earth, you're supposed to be interacting with heaven so that you know what to do on earth. But if you do not operate with that view in mind, he says you are seated with him. That means you're not just here. You're here and there. You're here physically, there spiritually. 
He wants you thinking spiritually. You're sitting next to Jesus. And you got to picture that in your mind because it's real, but it's spiritual. So you don't, you don't physically see it. But nevertheless, it is a reality. You've been given an all-access pass to heaven, which gives you access pass to his veto authority. That's why Romans chapter 16, verse 20 says, and he will crush Satan under your feet. My feet. Our feet. Okay, so now he brings this home. Watch this. These are two of my favorite verses in the book of Ephesians, verse 22 and 23. And he, God, put all things in subjection under his, Jesus' feet. And he, God, put all things in subjection under his, Jesus' feet and gave him, Jesus, as head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. Okay. Please notice the word all and how often it is repeated in those two verses. All, 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 all things have been placed under the feet of, which means under the authority of Jesus Christ. That goes back to the administration. All things. So you, you best get Jesus on board because he's the administrator. So you best get Jesus on board. All things have been placed under Jesus's feet. Okay, but here's the trick. And gave him as head, he's in charge, over all things to the church. Okay, wait a minute. Jesus is over all things, but the all things he's over don't know it. Only one group knows it. He's given him as over all things, but only to the church. He's only been given to the church. Now, wait a minute. It says the church, which means Christians, which is his body. Now, last time I checked, the job of a body is to carry out the dictations of the brain. The problem is the body doesn't want to do what the head says. The body, body wants to do its own thing. And when the body does its own thing, here it is, when you and I do our own thing apart from Christ, we go blind. We go spiritually blind. And once you're spiritually blind, you can pray to you blue in the face. But God won't administer that because he's only administering that with Christ as the head, which means if you don't solve the lordship of Jesus Christ, meaning he can overrule you. If you are a Christian that God can't overrule, then you are a Christian that's got cataracts and glaucoma. You won't see clearly. You will live life with a distorted view. You know, in football, they, uh, they often have to check out calls. 
because the stuff is happening so fast that, and some things are so close. So they go over and they look to see what really happened. Because they understand that human eyesight can be tricked, can be limited, and you may not have placed the ball in the right place. You may not have seen exactly where his foot stepped. And so now they have decided they're not going to just leave it to human sight. They're going to record that thing, and when there's a question, they can throw out the red flag, and you can go and you can review that thing to see what the real deal is. And if you've ever watched football, you know many a call has been reversed or confirmed because they didn't trust their own eyes. They went to look at something that was more precise. The more we live in heaven, the more reverse calls we're going to get on earth. Because we're going to think it's some way, think it's that way, believe it's one way, but when heaven speaks into it, we're going to go, oh, Oh, I, I, didn't, I didn't catch that. I didn't see that. See, the reason why you want kingdom bifocals is God has already seen where you're going. He's already seen what's being thought, what's being said, what's being planned, what's being revealed. So what Jesus is offering us, all of us as believers, is the opportunity to see differently, to see with new eyes. How do you do that? Simply. You invite God's perspective into decision-making, okay? And he's got plenty of grace. He, he, he lavishes it. He wants to be utilized in this fashion. It can be financial, but not limited to that. It's relational. It's, this, it's, it's circumstantial. It's career. It's, it's uh, do I move here? Do I go there? He can, he can let you know things that you would not have normally thought of. He can bring a person into your life to say something that will totally change your mind. He can bring thoughts to you because he's enlightening the heart. Whoever got the sun got everything else. Whoever got the sun got access to everything else. So if you don't want the sun, you don't get access to everything else. Jesus Christ wants you to know if you grab the sun, you have access to lavish grace, to overruling power, to a supernatural presence because you're wearing glasses that can see the spiritual realm and be transformed by it. Jesus is the administrator. 